This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Yo, yo, yo. Hi, how are you? Uh, this is going to be a terrible show. I just want you to know right off the bat, it's the Monty Show. <laughs> Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022. It's snowing outside. Yes. Yeah, how about that? Waking up to uh, like, <laughs> three Couple inches. Couple inches. Jake's used to waking up with three inches. Yeah. Uh, the point is, how the heck are you? Uh, a very good Wednesday to you. Only about a week and a half to go until we uh, are eating steak and going to the beach. And I want my taco surf. Going to taco, taco surf. There's no taco surf in Utah. Uh, hey, hi. <laughs> Good to see you. Uh, we'll talk about um, entrepreneurial aspirations. Um, had a talk with uh, Jack in the Box yesterday. Got yeah. slapped right in the bag in that one. The big. Um, UPS. Slapped you in the big. Got slapped in the bag on that one. Yeah. Um, Brian Flores. Yeah, yeah, he got slapped in the bag too. We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Bill. Uh, we <laughs> we have got to talk about this issue with race in the NFL. Um, you know, like I, I just, I don't know how you get around this. I don't know how you get around it. And we've talked about uh, you know this a thousand different times in a thousand different ways. And is the NFL, you know, is the NFL struggling with a race problem? And I simply would say, um, yes, absolutely. The NFL is struggling with a race problem. And I, I, I don't, they, you know, you know, at the end of the day, when you sue somebody, you're looking for an outcome. But I'm telling you right now, there's no way to fix this issue in the NFL with black head coaches and black GMs and black ownership. There's no way to fix that because the good old boy network has had generations of practice in covering their footsteps. Now, did the hoodie expose all of those guys in the NFL? I don't know. But, Jake, I guess I'll ask you straight away, do you believe that there's a race problem in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, there's clearly a race problem in the NFL. I think this is this is a, this a conversation is timeless. This conversation is, is as old as the league uh, has been around. And, and I think that, um, you know, it, it is funny how well – it hides in plain sight, and it only because if you really think about this and you really get into this, the only reason we're talking about this is because of Bill Belichick's uh, mistake on text message. That's the only reason we're talking about this. If Bill Belichick had kept his iPhone locked instead of opening texting, we wouldn't be talking about this. So, yeah, I do think the NFL has a, a, an issue with race. Uh, I do think, to your point, that it is the the cool kids club, that it is the good old boys club, that it is a bunch of rich old white dudes who have control of a billion-dollar league, uh, and they're definitely not going to relinquish that control. And the Rooney rule is, a is frankly, in my opinion, a slap in the face to, uh, to any minority trying to get a job. I, I mean, you, you've put a rule in that basically says, hey, you have to interview – uh, you know, a black head coach before hiring. And that's the only reason we're having this conversation, you know? And the problem is, is the Rooney rule does not help 
you know, black head coaches or minority head coaches get more jobs? Because what's happening? All the owners are doing is they're saying, all right, we're just going to check this box. Yep, we got we to gotta interview this guy. You know, make sure it's a good interview. Make sure you got notes. And we give the appearance of a quality, legitimate interview practice. But we're not going to – we're not interested in Brian Flores. Even though Brian Flores is a hell of a coach, even though he did uh, amazing work uh, in the Dolphins organization, yeah, but we're not going to hire him because he's black. So, yeah, I do think there's a race problem in the NFL – uh, I agree with you. I don't think there's a real clean-cut solution to it because I don't know. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, there's not much you can really do about it because there's so many people involved in it and because they're so good at hiding their tracks. And, you know, it's unfortunate that yeah. Brian Flores has probably just cost his, himself a career in the league. And I just hope for his sake that, you know, A, financially he's good. He's put his money away and he's been smart about that. But then, B, when this whole thing is over, what's left for Brian Flores? That's what my mind goes to because you know damn well he's not winning this. There's going to be a way for these owners to get out of it. So what happens to Brian Flores after this whole thing? The same thing that happened to Colin Kaepernick. The same thing that happened to, you know, everybody else who's fought this fight. It, there's nothing good as far as the NFL and your relationship with them is concerned. Oh, nothing. And I think the hardest part and the thing that so many people will struggle with in this conversation is what we struggle with in this country, in this conversation. I don't think that the majority of people believe that there is a problem with race and equality um, for dark-skinned people in this country. I don't think people understand. I look at Brian Dayball. I look at Brian Flores. I look at Bill Belichick. I look at Lewis Riddick at ESPN. Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy is a great example of this. If Eric Bieniemy was white, I believe he would have a job. And I think this whole narrative about how, well, Eric Bieniemy's got a great quarterback and one of the best offensive coaches in the league. That's why Kansas City's winning. Well, you look at all the other coaches that have gotten jobs. How does Zach Taylor get a job? Are you telling me Zach Taylor? Now, granted, he's taking Cincinnati to the Super Bowl, but are you telling me Zach Taylor's more qualified than Eric Bieniemy was? No way. Are you kidding me? Are you telling me that Eric Bieniemy gets no credit for Patrick Mahomes and gets no credit for the offense and the success and the consistent appearances in the AFC Championship game in the Super Bowl under his watch where – Andy Reid has consistently and repeatedly said that Eric Bieniemy calls plays and that Eric Bieniemy is the one um, that that essentially is in control of the offense on mm -hmm. game day, and they work hand in hand together during the week to build game plans. But Eric Bieniemy is the benefactor of Andy Reid and and Patrick Mahomes. And Eric Bieniemy couldn't possibly be smart enough or capable enough or good enough at his job to deserve the credit of making that Kansas City Chiefs offense go. There's no way that 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 he could be good enough. And that's that's the that's the attitude and the mindset that I just that I just don't understand. And and I think what nobody like cuz ESPN's all over this, right? Like, you know, their morning yes. show get up and everyone's talking about it. And the one thing that I think isn't being talked about right now with this situation is the NFL. It's so funny how they operate. So the NFL is basically saying, okay, there's, yes, we're white, we're rich, and we're insulated. There's nothing you can do about this, and we don't give a damn about it. Versus if they would just go the other route and say, man, if we just handled this the right way, if we, if we just stopped treating people that way and gave people equal opportunity, we would never have to have this conversation. You notice all the domestic violence stuff has stopped. 
You notice that? Anybody notice that? When's the last time we heard about domestic violence in the league? It's been a minute. It's been a long time. It is not. It certainly is not the Ray uh, Ray Rice epidemic level um, that it had been. And I mean, it. it look, this league is very slow to change. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt about that. But again, I just go back and I look at the ownership in the NFL. Like the Washington football team today came out and they're the Washington Commanders now. Owned by Daniel Snyder, who is one of the greatest shitbags on planet Earth. Seriously. I mean, he is... Listen, I've covered the NFL for a lot of years in my career. There are very few human beings that own NFL teams that I I would never even want to associate with. Daniel Snyder is one of them. Is he not the perfect example, though, of the rich white owner who is basically... Uh, you know, who, who proven, operates like he's beyond the law, proven to be sexist, proven to look down uh, upon women, proven to treat women like sexual objects and not human beings. Yet, what is he? He's yeah. still the owner of the football team. And that's what I mean. That's why I say I, I, I'm not trying to come out here on the show today and and say the NFL is the worst league on the planet and all these other leagues are perfect. But but I do think that. Um, you know, leagues like the NBA or, or whatever, like Major League Baseball is, is super diverse, you know, because of the game and where the game is based. But but I just think that the NFL would not have to have this issue and would not have to have this black eye, if you will, if they would just handle this the right way. And, and it's so funny. The irony of the whole situation is that we wouldn't be talking about this uh, unless a, a, a rich – White head coach in the NFL made a mistake on text message. I just think that's hilarious. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, the Rooney Rule in theory was a was a good step forward, but you knew the minute that that was instituted that black men in the NFL were going to get taken advantage of. Yeah, and that's exactly what's happened. And Brian Flores does he deserve another shot? I, I don't know. He's a finalist supposedly for multiple jobs. Right now, I I have no idea. But again, I don't think there's any way to deny on any level that he has been a pawn in the, hey, look, we interviewed a black guy game. Yeah. Because that's what this is. And, and I know that makes people uncomfortable. But until, excuse me, until we have this conversation openly and honestly in this country, because this is no different than what's going on in politics. This is no different than trying to restrict those of color from voting. This is no different than than trying to restrict those of color from, from accumulating generational wealth. If you are a white man in this country, you won the DNA lottery. Like, I, I just don't know. I don't know a better example of white privilege than being a head coach and an owner in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I know that's uncomfortable, and I know that will piss a bunch of people off. But you have to understand that being a black man in this country in a lot of ways is a disadvantage Yeah. simply because of the color of your skin. And whether that is violence and brutality in, in law enforcement, whether that is hiring practices, whether that is voting rights, no matter what you want to call it, until we fully embrace the fact that we have a problem with race in the United States of America, it will never get fixed. It won't get fixed at the polling place. It won't get fixed in the NFL. It won't get fixed anywhere, any way, 
until we openly and honestly talk about it. And I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Because honestly, the leadership in this country has no desire to change the country. Mm -hmm. There is a, a network in place that's comfortable, that's rich, that's powerful, and that's really difficult to change. And it operates behind the scenes. And, and there's not what, – like, what are you going to do about it in the NFL? What are you going to do about it? You're going to – are you going to sue billionaires? Okay, you won. Congratulations. Here's your payoff, Colin Kaepernick. Nice job. Out of court settlement. All right, what changed? Absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. What changed? Nothing. Brian Flores is suing the NFL. Who wants to bet before? Because this lawsuit, let's be honest about what this lawsuit is and what Brian Flores is trying to accomplish. He's trying to get NFL owners to sit at a table in a conference room and talk and get them on the record. And then he's trying to subpoena their emails and text messages so that they become public light. That's how things will begin to change before any of that happens they will offer Brian Flores a settlement that is overwhelmingly impossible to turn down. Like, it's going to be an incredible amount of money. We'll never know about that amount of money. Will Brian Flores ever work again? Probably not. Probably not. I don't know. But if if I'm right, the system will never change, at least not in my lifetime, which means Brian Flores will never work again. He'll never want for anything because he's going to be richer than – most people will ever understand and he will just fade into the background that that is what it is and then when there's an issue with race in the nfl all the shows are going to have brian flores on and occasionally he you know he may be on to talk football but he'll never probably work for an espn broadcast partner mm -hmm. my guess is he will never work as an nfl coach again and he acknowledged that and I think it's going to be tough to get a job in college football as well. Yeah. And I, he understands that. And by the way, all of that is because he's black. All of that is because he's black. And he chose to sp speak up. And he chose to take on the man. And generally, when you go against the man, you lose. Yep. So, again, I'm sorry if that upsets you. I'm sorry if that offends you. And sorry if you're offended by that. <laughs> yeah, Bill. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, Edgar Garcia, good morning to you, playas, he says. What's up, Edgar? Says, taco surf business opportunity, Jake. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, good morning, Tim. And Eric in Raleigh is live Eric on the show. Eric in Raleigh. Hello, friend. Wow. Welcome back. Welcome back, Eric. Cody Strickland says, morning, guys. Jeremy Bolton says, good morrow, fellas. Good morrow. Good okay. morrow. Okay, okay. yeah, sure. You know, mm -hmm. Good yeah. morals. Right. I have a hard time believing Bill Belichick makes a mistake like this, Eric and Raleigh said. I kind of agree oh, with that. Cincinnati. He made a mistake. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Okay. I, I I seriously doubt that he made a mistake. Well, Bill, when does Bill Belichick... Why would Belichick want to be put in this position, dude? Because one of his best friends in the world is getting fucked by the NFL and its ownership cycle. Brian Flores and Bill Belichick are very close. He is a Belichick guy. I think that Bill has advocated for Brian Flores. So, uh, so help me understand this then. Why would Bill Belichick want to be in the center of this whole thing? Uh, I don't know that he wants to be in the center of it, but if if and I I think you know what the overwhelming probability is he made a mistake. Okay, I can get down with that. Yeah, but there's a possibility that that he did that to out the NFL owners and help Brian Flores in his in this plight. Because Bill Belichick, the one thing you'll never say about Bill Belichick is that he's a racist. 
you're never going to say that because he's not. I mean, the guy is the, – the, the, I mean, you're just – that's not who Bill Belichick is. I don't think Bill is. Belichick is a racist. I think he's an old man who is one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in NFL history, and the guy texted the wrong person. How We've do you, all done but, it. But, 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 but is Dayball even close to Flores in your, your Rolodex? Yeah, by last name it is. Flor F and D. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's a mistake you could easily make. Well, I don't. I, I think that I understand that I understand listen, my you know how many guess questions is, he's gonna have to answer on this? Yeah, and I think he's fine with that because I think Bill Belichick is, is is a bit fed up that a lot of guys that have come up under him, look at Gerard Mayo right now. He's interviewing for jobs. He's not going to get them. Josh McDaniels gotten two now. Yeah, Josh McDaniels is also white. My, that's my point. Yeah, and he was a miserable failure the first time around, and he owned that. And then he screwed the Colts the second time around, mm-hmm. and now the third time around, he's getting hired by the Raiders. We did what we did. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's going to be. I don't know. I I tend to agree with Eric that there's a chance. Brylark, good morning to you. Tanner says racism racism in the NFL. Sadly, a tale uh, as old as time. It is. Agreed. It is. Uh, Sir Robin says, is is the racism systematic or is it just localized in a few areas? No, it's systematic. I think if you look, if you look across the NFL, and you look at the history of the NFL. Almost every organization has had an issue one way or the other. And the Colin Kaepernick thing, you cannot tell me, I don't care what you think about Colin Kaepernick's game as a quarterback. The guy is better than a hell of a lot of second-string quarterbacks in this league. This isn't even a conversation. Colin Kaepernick should be a backup quarterback in the NFL. You realize he's one throw away from being a Super Bowl champion. And guess what? He really essentially has never gotten another opportunity. And I'm sorry, you, you can tell me it's about the NFL, you know, anti-cops and anti-military. He's not anti-military. The military is the one that suggested he kneel, right? Like the cop thing, sure, that's not a good look for Colin Kaepernick. But you're telling me that wife beaters and drug users and criminals and Ray Lewis uh, associated with one of the most heinous crimes ever mm-hmm. is a Hall of Famer and ben a beloved figure. Ben Roethlisberger accused of sexual assault multiple times now as a legend. Come on. Are you telling me Colin Kaepernick can't get a second opportunity? Well, he's – it's because he called the NFL out for being racist. And he's black. He's never going to – he'll never play football again. And it's incredibly unfortunate. Brylark says, Dallas interviewed only one coach other than Mike McCarthy. It was Marvin Lewis. Everyone knew he wasn't getting the job and was only there because of the Rooney rule. Yeah, Jerry Jones is, is, has been accused multiple times of being one of the most racist owners in football. Yep. Rudy Sanchez says, morning, fellas. Eric and Raleigh says, uh, if Al Davis was around, he'd hire Flores. I agree. Yep. Problem is, Al, Al Davis is dead, um, unfortunately. And his son is now hiring Josh McDaniels. Uh, Eric and Raleigh also says, side note, why does Jake have a check mark on his forehead? Things happen, dude. <laughs> Things happen. Things bro. happen. Like Jeremy Bolton says, what do you guys think of the new Washington football team team name? I, I think, think, I think it goes right up the same alley as the NFL is racist as hell with their football team names, with the way they handle black coaches, with everything. And it's funny. It's almost like a, a, a funny coy joke that's being played. That today we want to we want to celebrate the Washington Commanders 
uh, formerly the Washington Redskins. Like it just, it's just, I, I start, I'm starting to think about this whole, this whole, you look around the landscape. We haven't even brought up the fact that the Dolphins owner allegedly asked Brian Flores to lose games so that they could get draft capital. Brian Flores in his lawsuit is accusing Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, of offering him a $100,000, I believe it is, per game that he would lose so they could get a, a better draft pick. So let me get this right. You are a guy that's fought his entire life because if you're a head coach in the NFL, you only got that job by sacrificing pretty much your entire life to get to that one moment in time. You get to that one moment in time, and then your rich white owner says to you, by the way, congratulations, now go lose games for me. Thanks. Yeah, listen to Brian Flores like, right here. He literally talks about it right here. It was a range of emotions. Uh, humiliation, uh, uh, disbelief, um, uh, anger. Um, you know, I've worked so hard to get to... to um, to where I am from uh, in football to become a head coach. Um, put 18 years in, in this league, and it was uh, uh, to 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 go on at what was going to be a what, what felt like or what was a sham interview. I was uh, I was hurt. 18 years of like, his life, he threw he essentially threw it away, and he knew he was not getting the job he was going to interview for. And then he's also alleging that the Denver Broncos, who interviewed him in Providence, Rhode Island showed up hungover in the interview was a was a joke and then the Denver Broncos provided records mm -hmm. that completely contradicted that that say it was a thorough long interview he was a legitimate Several hours they have notes he was a legitimate job for candidate for that job that eventually went to Vic Fangio mm. Mm. an older white guy who had no resume as a head coach I mean it's it's remarkable it to me a, a failure it is remarkable to me that we still try to battle against the belief system that there is racism in this country. I, I just don't know how we continue to look past it. I really don't. I mean, it's so in our face, like yeah, every day. I totally agree. Like I, I just, yeah, it's, it's amazing to me. And I, I don't, I just don't understand why we can't have conversations about it. Yeah. And, and I'm being serious. I'm asking an honest question. Why can we not have why can we not have questions about race or you know equality or I could I just don't I don't get it. Why is it offensive for somebody to be gay and stand next to you? Why is it offensive for somebody to be black and stand next to you? Why is it offensive for somebody to be, you know, Mexican? and not a citizen in this country and stand next to you. Why is it offensive for a female to get a job? I, I don't understand it. And it's because we don't talk about this stuff. We hide behind it, and it's incredibly frustrating to me. It is really frustrating. Uh, Kay Nuren says, everyone knows that tanking works. Color matters, but people, do, people need to stop being so stupid and grow up. Like, yeah, I mean, I tanking, tanking does work. I... I I agree. Tanking gets you a better draft pick. I agree. But are you really, and this is the age-old conversation that, mm -hmm. that is always had, are you really going to tell a guy like Brian Flores just said right there in that bite, I've worked 18 years to become a head coach in the NFL. I get the job, and now you're going to tell me I have to lose. And then I got to go and tell 52 guys on the roster that we're going out there, and they're going to risk their body to lose every week intentionally. I, I, Come on. For one guy. It, it, it's really difficult. And then to, to say, okay, well, you know what? 
And I feel like the other part of this is I do agree with with what's being reported that the, the Dolphins then wanted to fire Brian Flores because he would not take games. So they smeared him around the league by telling people that nobody liked working with him. Dangerous misinformation. Like it, it's unreal the the stuff that goes on. Like I, I you know, I'm not saying you know, when I see a bunch of you asking, well, a white head coach would have been asked to tank too. Yes, he would have. But that doesn't that doesn't make it right. It does and outing this stuff is what's gonna get Brian Flores in trouble because now if you're an NFL owner and you hire Brian Flores, can you really trust him? Can you trust him that once he leaves your organization, because coaches get hired to, only to get fired, right? Mm-hmm. When he leaves your organization, can you trust him? And aren't you going to make the case why I can't hire Brian Flores? Because I don't trust him to keep keep confidence. I don't trust him to you know keep keep the company secrets. That's what's that's what's being talked about with Brian Flores. He's interviewing for the Saints job and supposedly is a finalist for the New Orleans Saints job. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody who believes he is going to get that job? No, I don't. I don't buy for a second. I don't buy for a second that he gets that job. I I do not. Urban Um, Meyer is getting hired before Brian before Brian Flores can get a legitimate interview for his next position. How That's does that crazy. happen, dude? How does that happen? A guy who facilitates a culture in an environment of domestic violence is getting more opportunity in the league than Brian Flores. And I just don't know why Brian Flores did it. Is it worth it? You are not. It's no not. matter what Brian Flores does, is there a win here for Brian Flores? He just gave away. Other than the money. No. He gave away an entire life's work. And he'll likely never be a head coach in the NFL again. Is it worth it? I don't I don't know. Clearly he decided that it is worth it. In my opinion, <clears throat> I think that is a very difficult question. A because I'm white, I'm not black, so I don't have his yeah. perspective. B, uh I think just in my opinion with the perspective I do have, yeah, I think it's probably not worth it because I think you've seen what's happened leading up to you make you being at this fork in the road, if you will. You know, you're going right. You're not saying anything. You're just going to keep going. Or you're going left. You're rocking the boat. You may get a settlement, but you're never going to coach again. And if you're Brian Flores, and, and he did talk about it a little bit, you know, about the fact that, hey, working in the NFL, even if you're not a head coach, even if you're like a coordinator, you're still making bunco money. You're still making insane money, you know, top-end money. And your family's well taken care of, and you can put your kids through college without thinking twice. Like, you can do all this life stuff. And yeah. that's what I think guys like Brian Flores think about, you know. And, and so when you ask the question, is it worth it? Brian Flores isn't just thinking about his career. He's thinking about his family and how this is going to impact him. And will his kids hear about it? And, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, those are the things that he's got to think about. So is it worth it? No, it's probably not worth it. But clearly he's decided it is. Yeah, and I, I, think, the, I think one of the more interesting things is, you know, as, as it pertains to our lives is we live in a very – white state like I mean if you think about if you think about Salt Lake City and Utah I live in South Jordan like you don't see a whole lot of color in in this Mm -hmm. state you don't and I I think one of the things that you know moving to leaving Salt Lake City and moving to Phoenix showed me just how comfortable 
we all become in that situation. We get uncomfortable when we're surrounded by people that we don't, you know, we perceive them as something other than they are based on the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. And here in, in, in Utah, I love living here. This is my home and it will likely be my home for the rest of my life. But I'm not oblivious to the fact that I don't see a lot of Latinos. I don't see a lot of, of brown or, or black skin at all. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of Asians. There are the, the Asian population in Utah is not prolific, right? I, I, it just isn't. That, those are the facts of the case, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just a very white state. And I think the cult, growing up in Chicago, living in L.A. for many years, living in Phoenix, living in St. Louis, it stood out to me more because in all of those areas, there's a lot of diversity. There is living in San Francisco. It, it, one of the things that impacts you in San Francisco is the culture and the, the, the beauty and the awesomeness of, of the art and the beauty and the awesomeness of the diversity that is in places like San Francisco and L.A., but you also have, you know, other dynamics, taxes, money. It's one of the things that's great about living in Utah. It's affordable. It's a great place to raise your family. Mm-hmm. But it is not very diverse at all. And I think it's that's one of the reasons race is so difficult to talk about here. Because there's a lot of people who are just not comfortable bringing it up. There's a lot of people who can't have the conversation. It is, you know, I, I, just, I just think it's one of those things that I, I – I hope changes over time. I hope that the NFL figures this out. I don't think they ever will. There's not a black owner in the NFL. Yeah. There are minority owners. You know, like you look at the the Miami Dolphins. Serena Williams is a minority owner in the Miami Dolphins. You know, I mean that that was brought up on on Sports Center this morning, uh, or Get Up this morning. One of the first things they talked about was that you have uh, Latino and African American owners in 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 the minority in in Miami, but. You have a white Jewish man who's the owner of the, the the Miami Dolphins. And I that's why I say I just don't think it will ever change. Yeah. I think yeah. we are I look at the Joe Rogan situation at Spotify that we talked about. So many artists, it's over a dozen artists now have removed their catalog from Spotify. It won't change anything. It won't change anything. And it just I'm probably making too much of it now. Oh, I don't I mean, mean to I, rail I, I don't or go think on you're about making it. Too much of it. I just I, I, I think you're right. I think it, it, it is the unfortunate reality, and, and you know, I, I don't know what the solution is. The solution is these rich white dudes are going to have to come to the table and want to make the change. That's the solution. There's no way around that, and that's frustrating. Yeah, and here we go with Barry. Yeah, I'm, See, sure, like, I'm sure Barry's got a, a quality contribution that's really quality-based. Barry says, I thought this was a sports show. We always wind up talking politics and stupid topics like race and hiring people based on the color of their skin. Can we talk about the concussion or not? And it's like, see, Barry, here's what I want to say. <laughs> how to you, often dude. do we wind up having these heavy conversations? Barry, here's what I want to say to you, dude. Here's what you don't understand. Politics and life issues go hand in hand with sports. We wouldn't be talking about this topic if 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 Brian Flores was a worker trying to get a job at Jack in the Box and they didn't they they weren't having it. Would we? We wouldn't be talking about it. But we are talking about it because it's the National Football League and it is a bunch of rich white dudes not wanting to hire black people to be their head coaches. What are you confused about? Yeah, Sean Mirzinski says if the tanking thing is real and he ended up taking the money, is he just as bad as – or maybe even worse? Yeah. 
Yeah, my guess is he didn't take the money because he's suing and he's using it in his lawsuit. Yeah. Um, Greg Hawkins says, I'm Asian. Even uh, I was on the receiving end of racist insults and comments growing up in Utah. And I'm pretty white looking too. Lots of slanty eye jokes and small D jokes. Slanted eye jokes and small D jokes, Greg Hawkins says. I'm not here for... I am not here for the comments about, That's hey, frustrating. hey, is like, Barry, I'm not here for that kind of take out of you. Yeah, I'm and, just telling you right now. And, you know, the funny thing is, Greg makes a great point. If you look at the Asian community, look at look at how much hate and, and, you know, frankly, look how much crime has been committed against Asian Americans because of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And the, the seed of racism. The Kung flu. That, yes, the seed of racism that our politicians sewed into the kung flu and the chinese flu and the, the china virus, virus the wuhan virus and you have irrational people taking that out in violent manners against asian americans simply because slanted eyes and simply be like that right there what greg hawkins said right there greg was a kid when that was happening what does a five-year-old black kid know about racism only what he's taught exactly. only what he's taught Correct. What does a young Greg Hawkins know about small dick jokes with Asian men? Well, only what he's bullied with and only what he's taught. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the frustrating thing with me. We, it, it, There are black fathers in this country today talking to their sons about Brian Flores. I guarantee it's happening. Talking to their sons about getting pulled over by white cops. How many? Exactly. But how many white fathers are talking to their kids about Brian Flores? I don't know how many white fathers in this country. And you and I have talked about this at length in our, in our lifetimes, but how many white fathers are talking to their kids about white privilege? Probably not enough, not enough. All right, let me get some comments. And then yes, of course we'll get to the jazz. Jeremy Bolton says, if there's something we've learned this year, it is that Utah is very racist as a state. I know that's painting with a broad brush, but all the shiz coming out in Davis County is sickening. It really is. Mm-hmm. It really is. And that's mm-hmm. a whole thing. I, yeah. We're totally not getting agree. into that. Brandon Whiteside says, <coughs> excuse me, Brett Brown went through the tanking of the Sixers. He stayed employed. He probably has a lot of secrets that happened when they tanked. He is not airing the dirty laundry out to the public. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, yeah. And his career probably hasn't been impacted by it. But what did the Sixers go ahead and do? They hired Doc Rivers. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have to talk about the Sixers. Yeah. And hiring a black coach does not mean you're not racist. Agreed. It just doesn't. Uh, it's called the Monty show. Brylark says not the Monty. We only talk about sports show. Yeah. I, I you know, Barry, I love you, dude. I, I appreciate you listening, but I'm not, I don't, I, I have no problem saying that if you don't like it, you can get the hell out of here. By the I, way, like I, that he's the second Barry who's just lost his mind. I don't remember. I just what, don't, I, I don't have a tolerance for people saying, well, this is a sports show. I got news for you, dude. If you haven't been paying attention, if you've been living under a rock, sports and life go hand in hand. Are you unaware of this fact? Yeah, I mean, it's very. it goes very hand in Literally hand. Literally parallel to everything. Brian Flores in this whole situation is the exact same situation that's happening with voter rights in the Southeast right now. It's the exact same situation. If yeah. you can't see that, I'm sorry. And I think we saw that with... You know, all of the protests and the BLM stuff. And I mean, it, the the athletes, it, it, and it's because they're human beings. Yeah, man. 
Look, I mean, what, what happened with the Atlanta Dream and their ownership, what's going on in, hell, what's going on with the, the Phoenix Mercury, what's going on with yeah. so many other storylines in sports it run so close to politics and life, and it really is. I got a lot of respect for you guys. Keep up the good work. Some Samone Lot says, thank you. I yeah, appreciate thanks, that. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, are athletes people? The answer to that question tells you everything about a person. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. It, it really is. SLP, S, hello? Hello. SLCP Shooter says, bro, do you guys even watch politics? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Barry, um, Barry says, I'm sorry. I'm very passionate about this. I didn't mean to say that you shouldn't talk about it. It just gets frustrating that everywhere I turn on ESPN, CNN, Fox News, now the Monty Show, all you guys are talking about is how everybody's racist and I'm a little bit tired of it. What would, let me ask this question. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not, I'm not, I appreciate I get you it. saying that, Barry. I understand the burnout factor. I 100% get it. We literally, I don't know if you listened yesterday, but we were talking about this yesterday with the COVID stuff, that everyone's burned out on COVID. And, and we had that, like, I would encourage you to go and just check into the show yesterday because this Joe Rogan conversation we had about how, how all this stuff that's going on with Spotify and Joe around COVID and all that good stuff, we literally talked about how we're burned out on talking about COVID, which is why we don't talk about it anymore. But But the problem is... The reason everyone's talking about this race issue is because it's a race issue, dude. Brian Flores did not wake up and say, yeah, I'd like the pigment of my skin to be black. He didn't, right? That's yeah. not a choice of his. He didn't. It's not as though Brian Flores made the choice to, to be black. And so that's why everyone's talking about it. So I understand the burnout factor, but this is a sports show. This is a life show. And when Brian Flores and, and, frankly, the greatest football coach of all time and Bill Belichick, whether you want to say he made a mistake or he's got some agenda, I don't really give a damn. He's on record in a text message appearing to, you know, make a mistake. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. And, by the way, we have to live here. We have yeah, to live in dude. Utah. That, that The thing is, and I think Greg just said that. Greg said, um, Greg Hawkins said, I really, uh, at Cody Strickland, uh, Cody Strickland said, I must have had a lot of good luck. Uh, I didn't grow up knowing a lot of racism. I knew it exists. I'm not dumb, but I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry you had people around like that, but that's not how I view Utah. Well, well, here's the thing, though. You and know, that's a great comment. And, 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 and I'm not with what I'm about to say. I'm not calling you racist, but here's the truth in my experience and having lived in all these places that, that he was just referencing. Utah is a racist state, and it's so well hidden because of the the demographics. So literally, you don't you don't wake up and you're like, oh well, well there's a black person, they must be a bad person, right? No, because the black person isn't around. It's all white, and that's what you're used to and accustomed to. So you go to another place like Phoenix or L.A. or Chicago, and there's culture shock. I experienced it the first time we moved to Phoenix. There's literally culture shock you're like holy shit who is that what is he doing and you're like damn living around a bunch of white people you get real comfortable real quick well and i i obviously the demo in in salt lake city is very different in the in and really in the entire northern the state of utah but particularly northern utah the the demo's different i mean you, i mean the headquarters of the churches here uh, mm -hmm. obviously our our church community is very strong it is it is very pervasive and so i i think you know, the teachings of the church are very powerful. Yeah. And I, I, I 
don't get me wrong. I don't hate Utah at all. Yeah. I, I am passionate about living in Utah. I love it here. It's a great I, state. I absolutely love it here. And the people here, the, the, you know what, man? Like when I lived in Phoenix, I couldn't have stuff on my front porch. I owned a half million dollar home and I couldn't have anything on my front porch because people would come and steal it in the middle of the night. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, okay. Like, <laughs> so in Phoenix or in, <clears throat> in LA, we've experienced crime firsthand on our doorstep. In Utah, you don't really have to worry about that. And so I want to be really clear. I'm not saying that every white person in Utah is racist and judgmental towards black folks or Latino folks or Asian folks or whatever the case may be. But what I am saying is that when when you are a, a, a white person living around a bunch of other white people, yeah, mm. there's an opportunity you're for insulated, you not man. to experience. Yeah, you're insulated. Yeah. A, you're not going to experience culture and like in in the in in the teachings of when other you're people. when you live in utah and you're white you have privilege yeah nobody's looking at you like yeah what's that guy doing nobody's look when you walk down the street in utah and you're white nobody's like oh we should cross the street when you walk down the street in 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 a neighborhood in utah and you're black people will be like wait what like People will look that is that's reality. And I think that's reality in a lot of places. I choose to live in Utah. Yeah. I can live anywhere I want. Yeah. Literally anywhere I want. Yeah. I choose to live in Utah because it's a great place to live. Mm -hmm. The quality of life is great. I'm passionate about the mountains. I'm passionate about snowboarding. This is where I, I choose to live. And I there's no, I have almost no ability to change anything here. So it is what it is. Um, Eric and Riley says, Hey Barry, you're frustrated. Now put yourself in the shoes of people who aren't white. Tell me about burnout then. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And, and I, and I also want to say on the Barry thing, like, like Barry, I, I really do appreciate you prefacing the comment, right? I appreciate the second message to say like, Hey, I'm burned out. And like, but I, I just think you have to understand that, that not every day you're going to, you're not going to come on this show every single day and just get like, you know, just the yeah. soft kind of vanilla conversation when something like the Brian Flores thing happens or or if you've been listening long enough the Colin Kaepernick situation back in the day or like when things happen they need to be talked about they yeah. need to be worked through yeah yeah and we don't that's why we don't talk about politics or coronavirus or we don't do this very often at all yeah it's rare we really don't uh Greg Hawkins says Cody I really do love Utah just had some bad experiences growing up it's still my home and yours too yeah and I'm proud to be a Utah I am I I I I'm proud. Cody Strickland says, you know, you're a true fan when your team looks like a dumpster fire and you still get excited to see them play. I would agree hey, with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fat Jesus. Do you know who else is burned out on racism? Minorities. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, Steve Holler says, why do you have to live in Utah? Are you saying you're a racist, Jake? No. No, that's not. not what I'm saying. What are you talking Steve? about? I, I don't I don't understand. Come on. Like, what kind of question is that? Am I, I literally just said, I'm not saying that everybody in Utah is racist, but what I am saying is that when you live in a state that is predominantly white and you, you get comfortable in that setting and, and that's what your brain kind of subconsciously just comes to expect because that's the day-to-day -day experience you're having, when you go to Phoenix or when you go to Southern California or Texas San or Francisco. San Francisco or anywhere – you know, I imagine Philly has a pretty diverse culture, right? I imagine East Coast cities do as well. And uh, my point is, is that when you live in a state that's predominantly white and you get used to it, you get really comfortable. 
And then when you go out and you and you live somewhere else, there's some culture shock. There. And you 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 are not comfortable, and you yeah. are you are scared. Yeah, there's there's no question about that. Eric Raleigh says, "No, Steve, we taught we are taught to fear things that are not like us. That's true." Yeah. Eric Devera, good morning to you, my friend. He says, "I'm in the Philippines, and racism exists worldwide. It's not limited to black, white, Asian, or location." Yeah. But I would love to live in Utah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You see what I mean, though? Like, I, I totally agree with that. That's what I'm saying. Like. Like, and this is kind of what I was saying about the ownership group in the NFL. And this is why I think it's basically an unsolvable problem. And, and yes, this does extend to politics, but again, this is an NFL topic. The reason that it's such an unsolvable problem is because all the owners are, basically all the owners, the majority of the owners are rich, white, older men. Correct. Who all know that and are well aware of that. So when a Brian Flores situation happens, they're going to do everything they can to cover their tracks and get it back to status quo as fast as possible. Yep. So I agree. So it just is what it is. By the way, uh, we are giving away this PlayStation Five. Um, Rich says, uh, "Can we just give away the PS Five now, please?" Yeah, we're focused on the Jets today. Yeah, we're focused on the Jets today. Uh, we are giving away this PS Five. You do have to be subscribed to the channel. You also have to follow us on TikTok. Mm -hmm. When we get to five thousand followers on TikTok, and we are meteorically rising to the cream of mm -hmm. the crop in your mom. Um, in that uh, in that sphere, the sphere. Let me tell you where we are. Um, um, wow, we're already at thirty two sixty six. That means we picked up five hundred followers. Yeah, casual. Um, Eric in Raleigh says, "I badly would like the PS five, Tim. I'm an OG. I started listening to you when you filled in at KMBR. Well, yeah, dude. you know what, man, Eric." Appreciate you, you buddy. Listen, listen. You're let's in be the very drawing clear. for sure. You want to help yourself? Buy some merch. Every time you buy a shirt. Five oh, times entry. I am so excited about the new shirt design. It's fire, bro. We we, we, we finalized it yesterday. It's it being is made. at the it is at the printers. They're working on it. So it's going to be about a week to ten days, mm -hmm. um, and then we will have and we we are doing small, medium, large, extra large, two yep. X this Got time. The full allotment. So everybody was upset that we did not do uh, smaller sizes. To which I always say, "Well, do you even lift, bro?" Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the point is, you're a um, casual. yeah, you're a casual. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it thank is a you. shirt that says you're a casual. Um, it is a Monty Show shirt. You're a casual, and the design is incredible. What do you bet? Um, we have a great artist that we work with here in Salt Lake City, um, and I should shout him out, by the way, because yeah, what's Buddy's name? He is, he is, and I, Doug Stout is his name. What a name, <laughs> Doug but Stout. He is. Um, his studio is DoodleArtStudios.com. Doodle, D-O-O-D-L-E, artstudios.com. They're definitely D real. Doug Stout. Um, he is our artist. He he, They're all one-of-a-kind designs. Yep. Um, and he's fantastic. And the process is very easy. Yeah, we just... Working with him. Yeah, we exchange designs and we taught... Like, it's, it's great. He is fantastic. Neville says, 3X tall for me. I don't have 3X tall, but I do have a 4X tall. Um, Quentin Moyer says, is the shirt that says you're a casual? Yes, this is the this shirt. This is the shirt, bro. It literally says across the top in script writing, you're a casual. Yep. Um, you know, Brandon White says, doesn't racism increase when you take non-racial issues and throw them into racism? Meaning Flora's incident is a dumpster fire of a team wanting to tank. He took the job and didn't follow the plan. I don't know. Did he know the plan? Man, I... I don't know. Jeremy Bro. Bolton says, you know, I'm getting a new shirt. Give me that PS5. Guys, 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 guys. Yeah, can we really Does quick, the design have a math jazz. equation on it? It Dude, does not. We need to get to the jazz here, but I, I want to address something. 
Tanner's like flipping out yesterday after the show, messaging us, making sure we yeah, don't hate I Tanner. I feel bad dude. about this. Real dude, quick before yeah. we get to the jazz, I actually feel bad about this. So we joked a little bit yesterday that when, when I pulled Tanner's name and the piece of paper is actually still sitting right here. When I pulled Tanner Plummer's name out of the box of thousands, mm -hmm. which I still can't believe I pulled Tanner it's Plummer's amazing. name. Um, I said, oh, we should redraw. Like we were just having fun with it. Mm -hmm. Tanner, I feel like Tanner got upset about it. And I don't know Stop that Tanner's, disrespecting me, bro. Tanner's here, but Tanner, it, it was, it, we were just having fun, man. Tanner, I don't think that Tanner understands his status on the show and that he has become a character of sorts. Yes. Like we have people who ask us to imitate your voice and guys, 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 guys. <laughs> um, like it, Tanner, you're a character on the show. Yeah. So, you know, you elicit a response one way or the other. It's not personal. I've never met Tanner. I don't know him. I'm going to go to his house Saturday night at 630 to deliver him. Yeah, I'm going to deliver him the Xbox. Yeah. Um. I, I don't I, I Tanner, you're great. We appreciate you. You're a legend on this show. You're you are you are similar. You're never you're never going to be Grocock because just nobody because will of be. his name, dude. I nobody mean, will ever be. Does Grocock even listen anymore? Like, I, I don't even think that Grocock is on the show anymore. No, he got his Xbox. Yeah, Why he got, is he he got what he needed and, and, and he's out. He's out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Quentin Moyer says, count me in for the shirt. Nice. Appreciate that. Eric and Raleigh says, all I'm saying, Tim, is that you should rig the PS5 giveaway for me. Well, hey, <laughs> exactly. at least at least we're out in front of it, right? At least it's out in the open, Eric. Yeah. I appreciate and by the that. way, yes, somebody I, and it was somebody who said yesterday, um, if you guys because we we don't make money on the show, honest yeah. to God, yeah. we don't make money on the show. Yeah. People, one guy was asking how we afford to do the the PS5 stuff. We do okay at Yelp. We do all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, thanks, Yelp. Chris Carnes says Tanner is part of what makes this show fun. That's exactly my point. Exactly. Uh, Greg Hawkins says the Monty Show has a cast, and Tanner's character is the best one. One of the best ones for sure. Yeah, we're really focused on Philadelphia right now. Well, my wife just showed up like the abominable snow, abominable snow. Hello. Woman. It's snowing in Utah, which it's is awesome. fabulous. There's like three inches on the ground. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I, I hate when my inches are on the ground. Yeah, for Eric sure. Eric right. says, I want a Monty shirt, but I can't afford it. I'm in a, I'm a small town woman. I'm a small woman, five, one. So if ever, I hope you have my size, not interested in the PS five. Wow. So, so wait, read it again. She said, I'm five, one. Right. So if ever, I hope you may, you have my size, not interested in the PS5. Yeah, we ordered, we got smalls for this next <clears throat> round. Yeah, we have smalls. Yeah, we have smalls. Yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm happy to give you a shirt. I, I'm, I'm, if you, it's all good. Um, Dane says, yep, listening in a plow truck right now, Dane says. Dude, oh, let's Dane, go. Appreciate Bro, you. Dane, can I get, can I, I've always wanted to see, what is, like, are you driving one of the big ones, or do you have, like, your own pickup with the with the the thing on the front? The, the HDX plow on the yeah, front? Yeah, like, can we can we get a, do you have a Twitter account or something? Can you can you take, a like, a, a picture of what your view is right now? Fat Jesus says, Tanner is Kramer. Cody Strickland says, hey, let me know you, her size. I'll buy one for her. Nah, Cody, we'll give it to her. Yeah. I'm happy to I'm happy to do that. Kay says, just to be fair, color goes both ways, not just black or white. Correct. I don't disagree with that. What racism doesn't know a color. It doesn't. Did you guys hear about like Whoopi Goldberg? No, no. Like got fired from the the view. She's on suspend for two weeks. Yeah, over it may. And again, why why do people have to constantly talk about the Holocaust? 
I don't know. Like in an inflammatory manner. Yeah, we're good. We, we, yeah, yeah. We, Crazy. We now, I work for Murray School District. I'll tweet what, I, what I'm in, Dane says. That's fire, bro. Thank you for doing what you do, bro. Oh, please, can I have a shirt, Eric Devera says. Yeah, I'll send you a shirt. DM me on Twitter or Instagram. The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Send me a... Uh, Send me your address, and when I get the new shirts in, I'll send you one. It's no problem. Nah, bro, I want the extra draws, bro. Cody Strickland says. <laughs> Cody already want you already won an Damn, Xbox. Dane. Look at Dane. Dane's already got his picture in, bro. Yeah, Dane driving go, a Chevy, dude. my driving man, Chevy, American bro. made. Let's go. Uh, Steve fire. Holler says Washington Commanders. Yeah, I. Okay, we need to get to the Jazz, dude. It's seven thirty. Oh, it's seven thirty already. Let's get to the Jazz. Let's okay. go. Okay, I hate the Commanders name because I don't like. The we'll Washington talk about the Commanders team. tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Dane, we saw. Good job, man. All right, so um, real quick on the Utah Jazz, let's talk about this Donovan Mitchell situation because if you didn't see it yesterday. Tony Jones, the athletic, I think the best jazz guy in town, mm -hmm. um, tweeted that Donovan Mitchell is seeing a concussion specialist because he is struggling to get out of protocol, which is to say he's struggling with concussion symptoms. And if you didn't see it, he took a pretty vicious swing through elbow from Russell Westbrook in the Laker game. And that was about two and a half weeks ago now. If you go on Sarah Todd's Twitter, she has a video. You can go and find it. Yeah, so see it. yeah exactly right. Yeah. And But it's been a couple of weeks, two and a half weeks now, that Don has really struggled with this. Yeah. I think today is actually three weeks today that he had that concussion. It feels like it's been months. And dude. Yeah, and, and he's not been able to get back on the floor. And so there is a significant level of fear over Donovan's concussion, as there should be. But what this tells you is that Donovan Mitchell is going to be out for the Jazz for probably at least another week, I would think. Mm -hmm. And if I'm the Jazz, I don't bring him back until the All-Star break is over in mid-February. So the question that I have to ask, Jake, is should the Jazz tank in 2022 to set themselves up? And by tanking, I mean trade your players. Don't be concerned with the record. You're not intentionally trying to lose. But don't be in concerned with winning every game. Don't be concerned with your record. Be more concerned about developing the young talent that you have and setting yourself up for the summer spending spree. Is that the right move for the Jazz? Yeah, I think there's a lot of credence to it. I, I think with where you're at in the season, with the injuries, not only to Don. I, I don't think this is a, a unique to Donovan Mitchell situation. I mean, yes, he's dealing with this, but but you you got to look at Rudy. You've obviously we just lost Joe Ingles to a torn ACL. Like you've had some injuries on this team, and 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 I think that. You know, with where the West is at, I don't see – I think we can all agree that this Utah Jazz team in its current version is not going to beat the Suns, and you're not going to beat the Warriors, right, to get to the Western Conference Finals and then ultimately to get to the NBA Finals. So, to me, I, I, I think, yeah, there's a lot of credence to it. I, I agree with you. It's important to say, no, I, I don't think you're going to go out and intentionally lose games, which is technically what tanking is. But I do think that, yeah, the mindset should be, hey, we're not as concerned about the record right now and, and winning every single game and, you know, being pissed if we don't win. But I do think what we need to be concerned about is making sure that Quinn Snyder is on the same page about playing the Elijah Hughes of the world and continuing to play Jared Butler even though he's been dreadful and, like, continuing to develop these guys' game. And I also think development, you know, doesn't just apply to the young guys. I think Don needs development. I think Rudy Gobert could use some development. Uh, I, I think that Boyan uh, doesn't get any reps, so maybe he could use some more time on the ball. Like, I think there's opportunities across the roster to really get these guys going in a positive direction. And, yeah. and that, to me, 
is what I would be focused on if I was the Jazz. I think, you know, and, and this is what you always say. This is your saying. You got to know who you are, uh, where you are, and where you want to go. The Jazz right now are not a championship contender at full strength. They want to be a championship contender. And the only question is, how are you going to go about getting there? And I think you're just in a position right now in this season with the injuries uh, that you have been handed where you are almost out of time. And, and we talked about this yesterday. Time is running out for you to turn this around and to make something of this season. And so if we already, and we can already agree, if we're already in agreement that, that they're not going to compete for an NBA Finals appearance, then what really are you doing other than wasting your time? That's the question. And that's why yeah. I agree. Hey, maybe tanking isn't the right way to say it, but let's put the priority on developing the young talent. Let's put the priority on getting these guys healthy. Let's put the priority on next season, the season after that, because that's ultimately when you're going to do your winning. Yeah, and I, I, I think you have to be incredibly pragmatic with Donovan Mitchell. I, I just think he is your most important player because his upside is massive. Rudy Gobert is at his upside right now. I think he's at his ceiling. Um, I look at Donovan Mitchell. I don't think he's anywhere near his ceiling. And I continue to compare Don to Devin Booker. Devin Booker put in a wonderful performance last night. Um, gives you 35 more points. Like he's developing his game. He's diversifying. His defense at times last night was fantastic. And you're looking at a, a guy in Donovan Mitchell who has that same ability to climb that same ladder and get better and develop and grow and become that franchise icon. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of noise around Donovan Mitchell and does he want to stay here? Is he going to be a New York Nick? You know, like so many people yesterday, and Jake jokingly said it when, when we started talking about this this morning, but <laughs> there's so many people saying, oh, Don's just trying to find a way out. Mm -hmm. Oh, this concussion? No, he just doesn't want to play for Utah. I just don't buy that. Yeah, I think Donovan Mitchell is dealing with very serious issues related to his brain. Take your time. Yeah. What do you if everybody's healthy? Hundo P, bro. Yeah. They're not winning a championship. So take your time with Donovan Mitchell. Make sure that Rudy Gobert's calf doesn't turn into an Achilles. Yeah. Right. Like take your time, because those are the things that happen. You only get one brain with Donovan Mitchell, right? You, you, well, I'll just transplant my brain. It doesn't work yeah, that you're way. Not, you're not repairing your, your brain the way you're repairing Joe Ingles' ACL. Like. <laughs> and that's why I say, like, you're watching the deconstruction of this team right now in front of you. Take your time. There's no reason to rush through this. There is no reason to push Don back into a uniform. Because, frankly, winning every game is not what's most important right now. Setting yourself up for the future, putting yourself in the best position yes. to compete in free agency this summer, to have 2023 and 2024 be years where you are moving to an NBA championship, that's what matters. You have a tremendous fan base that's passionate, that will support this organization no matter what direction you go, in my opinion. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell should be your priority. Mm -hmm. There is no doubt he should be your priority. I mean, jazz fans, I, I, I'm curious where you come down on – because I don't think the right verbiage is tanking. No, it's not. You're not tanking to, oh, uh, well, we're tanking to get a draft pick. Well, are you really, though? Are you really? I think what you're trying to do is set yourself up because no matter what happens this season, you're not taking your draft pick, mm -hmm. right? So you're not trying to set yourself up to draft. You're trying to set yourself up financially 
to be in a better position to remake your roster and be in a, a more competitive, younger situation a year from now. Yeah. Right? Like, to me, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I completely agree with it, 100%. I'm 100% with you on that, and I think I think the Jazz, and, and specifically, I think Danny Ainge would never, you know, would never advocate for trying to lose. I think there, and it's true, there is a big difference between trying to lose and, and, and you know, putting the emphasis on development and not caring if you win or lose, but caring, hey, what it, what, what was the plus minus tonight? What are the turnovers? What are the areas where we can improve uh, in individuals' games to get to a better team quality? And, and that's what I think they need to try to do. I think, you know, you got to figure out, I, I truly believe, no matter what this team turns into, after all the trades and everything like that, I truly believe that this team will forever be defined by the relationship between Donovan Mitchell yes. and Rudy Gobert. And, yes. and I think that that's the beginning and the end for this team right now, regardless of uh, a Joe Ingles injury or or Jared Butler being crap the last, like, five, six games. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, all that stuff, that's all, like, fringe perimeter-type stuff. Like, the core issue of this team now is... And basically, as long as these two are on the same team, is their relationship. Because if, yes. if, if Don is not going to play pick and roll and feed Rooney, Rudy when the situation dictates it, they're never going to get to where they need to go. So I just think that that's where, where the club needs to start. You know, I think – excuse me, the cough is still here. <coughs> anyway – the You're point is, yeah, I'm a casual. Uh, the point is um, that I think you have to, you know, I'm like Trent Forrest. Trent Forrest is a pretty good example of what I'm talking about. Show me who Trent Forrest is the last month of the season. Mm -hmm. Show me who he is over the last 29 games. That's what I want to see. Make or break 29 on, games. Make or break on, on Trent Forrest. Show me what Jared Butler can become. Let him make a whole ton of mistakes now so he doesn't make them in the future. You know, like show me what these kids can do. You're going to make the playoffs, there's no doubt. Yeah. That's going to make all of these young guys better. What's Elijah Hughes look like shooting a three in in March and April with a playoff spot on the line? Mm. I want to see. Show me that Donovan Mitchell can be something other than a, a ball hog. Show me that Donovan Mitchell can be a distributor. Show me what Jordan Clarkson's value on the trade market is. Show me what you're going to get for Boyan Bogdanovich. Yes. Get somebody to give you second-round picks for Boyan Bogdanovich. Right, you're not trading <laughs> Joe now. I don't think there's any doubt that. And you know, I was listening to Spence yesterday, and one of the local media members was calling Robert Covington Roco. Okay, shut the fuck up. Never, like I, never. His name is Robert Covington. You it, like stop. Come on, man. And trading for Robert Covington is a disaster. Yeah, it doesn't help you in any way. Don't now the Harrison Barnes stuff. The Harrison Barnes deal is probably dead. Um, unless the, you know, because you were, you were including Joe Ingles in a Harrison Barnes deal. I don't think you were ever getting a Harrison Barnes straight up from Sacramento, mm -hmm. but I think you have other assets that you can plug in and get more in return than Joe Ingles. Now, the bummer is he's got an expiring contract that you won't be able to leverage mm -hmm. now you, but you know, then again, I mean, I guess that money will come off your books next season. Um, but my point is do what you can do. I'm, I, I will again say, I'm not married to Jordan Clarkson. I'm not married to Boyan Bogdanovich. Like, I, if you can move those guys, move them. Yeah. You know, if you can move a Hassan Whiteside, move them. If you can move a Rudy Gay, move them. Yeah. Uh, you know, hell, if you can move Mike Conley, trade him. 
Mike is still one of the better point guards in this league, and he has value to a playoff team. Yeah. There is no, now, does he have the value? I don't know. Who's more valuable, Brunson in Dallas or Conley in Utah? Probably Conley in Utah. Mm. You know, like Brunson's a guy that the, the Mavericks He's have talked about trading. He is going to get paid. And, and they're I, not excited about trading him. I don't know that Dallas wants to pay him, but I know they don't want to trade him. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that I, I was talking about the, the other day when I was talking to an NBA guy, he was saying he knows Dallas doesn't want to trade Brunson. Yeah. But I think they, they, they're they in a real tough position with being, again, you want to talk about a team that might be built around the wrong guy. Is Luka Doncic a guy you want your entire franchise built on? Yeah. He's got some proving to do. <clears throat> anyway, my point is the Jazz should be looking to remake their roster to put themselves financially in a position to compete. Yeah. And I think. You know, one of the guys on Twitter just now, uh, Dad of Boys, said, and how exactly does tanking accomplish that? Well, because what it allows you to do is you're moving contracts off your books. You know what? Like you're moving Mike Conley's money or Bogdanovich's money. I don't think they'll trade Mike Conley. That's just me, but whatever. Um, you're moving Jordan Clarkson's money. You're moving Boyan's money. You're moving contracts, your upper-end contracts, and you're plugging younger guys into that spot. And then next summer, when you're not paying luxury tax or as much luxury tax, you have a little more flexibility to go out and rebuild. Yeah. Right? And hopefully you're getting second rounders. You're, I don't see any way they end up with a first-round pick. I don't. Yeah. You'd have to trade Rudy, go Rudy Gobert to get a first-round pick. And I just don't see them, you know, I don't know that there's the wherewithal in the fan base right now for the Jazz to trade Rudy Gobert. Yeah. I don't. I, again, will say the same thing that I said three weeks ago now. The Jazz would trade Rudy Gobert. If they could trade Rudy Gobert, I am told they would absolutely make that deal. The only guy that's untouchable on this roster right now is Donovan Mitchell, and I have no doubt in my mind um, that if they could trade Rudy Gobert, they would. Yeah. You know, like I think yeah. I think he's one of those things where you love Rudy's defense, but at 41 million bucks a year on average, it, it just the 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 loss is is too I much. I still give. I just want to say. I still give Rudy's representation a lot of credit for getting his ass $41 million a year. That is hey, some man. kind of accomplishment. I say more power to you, Rudy. Bro. You're worth what you can get paid, and somebody was willing to pay you over $200 million. I'm going to say this again. Congratulations. I don't blame Rudy Gobert for his contract. Yeah. I don't. I don't blame Rudy Gobert for the Clipper loss. It's not his fault. He is playing, to me, he is playing at his highest best ability. That's what he is. Yeah. You know what? And I look at, you know, it's the same thing I say about court. I look at Jaron Hall. This is a perfect example with Jaron Hall. Jaron, what are you doing in the offseason to make sure that next year you can play every game? What are you doing this offseason to build your body into being able to take hits? What does Tom Brady do? What does LeBron James do? Well, we know what Tom Brady does. Yeah. Steroids. And he eats Giselle's, <laughs> he, 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 he eats Giselle's Bunchton. I've never taken steroids. It's lidocaine and B12, please. Lidocaine and B12. My point is, <laughs> guys like Tom Brady and LeBron James, uh, look at Michael Jordan's story. Like, the best athletes in the world in the history of athletics mm -hmm. pump millions of dollars into their body. I have never taken steroids. Right? They pump millions of dollars into their development. If, if Chris Brickley and uh, Carmelo Anthony never met, is Carmelo Anthony in the NBA right now? Yeah, I guess I'll have to figure something out. He's not. No. But he paid Chris Brickley stacks of cash 
worked on his jumper, and now he's a knockdown mid-range and three-point shooter mm-hmm. who's got who, who, who was in demand in the offseason. Lost a bunch of weight, got back in shape. I'm telling you, that's what this team needs. That's what Donovan Mitchell needs. That's why I love that he's a Brickley guy. That's why Elijah Hughes paying Chris Brickley to develop him, that's a, that tells you where Elijah's mind is. Give the guy minutes. He's produced for you. Yeah, and that right? jump shot is nice. I already know what Jordan Clarkson is. I already know what Boyan Bogdanovich is. I already know what Rudy Gobert is. But how much of this, how much of like the Jordan Clarkson struggles or the bogey struggles or just the struggles of this team, you know, how much of that is uh, around just the feel of this season? Because it does, I do think there's some some credence to what some of the media is saying about, man, the season has just felt dreadful. It's just felt negative. It just felt like, because like kicking you, a ball. you didn't get better in the offseason. Yeah. How much heat did we take over the summer for saying, this is not a championship team. You're casual. Oh, you do you guys even watch jazz basketball? Um, well, uh, my question is, do you watch the rest of the NBA? Because I do. Yeah, seriously. I don't seriously. care. I know you watch jazz basketball. Do yeah. you know who Jonathan Kaminga is? Do you know who these young guys around Anthony the league? Edwards, Anthony Edwards. John are, Morant. are you watching LaMelo Ball develop into one of the best playmakers already in the NBA? Shaq comparing LaMelo Ball to Penny Hardaway on an interview on NBA on TNT. Which I thought was a really good comparison. Like, as a playmaker, it's there, man. Like, I look at all the young talent around the Western Conference. Yeah, dude. It's terrifying. I look at all the young talent around the Eastern Conference. It's terrifying. Mm -hmm. I look at – do you realize the Milwaukee Bucks are a game and a half out of first in the East? You you know what I'm saying? Like, that that's a team. You look at the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls are winning with a bunch of guys you've never heard of. The Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Evan Mobley is a stud. Darius Garland. Is a stud. Like I, I Kevin Love I, is I, resurging. Look at Kevin Love playing with his back to the basket, openly talking about using the Kobe fade. Like it's a it's you look at the rest of the league, the Jazz stood still. The rest of the league kept on walking. And some teams Kept on running because they're getting Clay Thompson back. Yeah, dude. Some teams are running already because they're getting Paul George and Kawhi Leonard back. And some teams can't get up the, off the ground because Anthony Davis won't get healthy. And th- and then everybody's like, oh, the Lakers are a joke. They're old. <laughs> well, what's going to happen when they trade for John Wall? After the street closed Davis. Now, LeBron's hurt. He's got this knee injury. But what are they doing? They're not rushing him back. Are the Lakers at all panicked that they're not one of the, the top six teams in the NBA? They're no. not. They're not. Because what are they going to do? They're going to let LeBron get healthy through the All-Star break. They're not going to rush him back. What's the difference then between the Lakers and the Jazz, in your opinion? I think it is. I think it's mindset. The Lakers view themselves right now today as competing for an NBA championship. So they're desperate. Losing is not an option for for the L.A. Lakers. Yeah. For the Utah Jazz, not only is losing an option, it's an expectation. You are, you, you and your fan base expect not to win a championship every single year and now ryan smith has showed up and he said hey look i got a billion dollars this isn't good enough anymore so dennis Lindsay, hit the road i'm bringing in justin zanuck i'm going to elevate him i'm bringing in a minority owner that that has nba experience in Dwayne wade and then i'm going to put in danny ainge my good friend from byu who's got experience building championship contenders and championship winners if you ain't first you're last so now Everybody's like, you can't trade Rudy Gobert. Watch me. What are you, Musk? Watch me. Watch me trade this roster. 
Watch me re-rank this, remake this roster. By the way, when they do it and they bring in different talent, you're going to go back to the team store and you're going you're gonna to have them heat press you new jerseys for the Jazz. You have a deal. Because they're going to win. But Jazz fans are so sure and they assume that the Jazz are going to lose because there's not a championship culture or history here. But I look at a team like Golden State, Golden State expects to win an NBA championship this year. The Phoenix Suns expect to win an NBA championship this year because they're better this year than they were last year. And what did they do? Did they go out and make sweeping roster changes? No, they didn't. But you know what they did? They went and got a little addition like JaVale McGee, who's got rings on rings. Like Landry Shamet. He's been there. He's done that. Like, they went and got little additions who've been where they want to go. Mm-hmm. And you have Chris Paul, who by all accounts spent a bunch of money in the offseason building his body. I look at Devin Booker. Devin Booker is a superior offensive player this year to who the guy was last year. The Jazz need to do that. The Jazz need to have the belief that if I don't make the Western Conference Finals, if I don't make the NBA Finals, it's a failure. Mm -hmm. And it's not good enough. And here's how you know that that's not the culture around the Utah Jazz because Donovan Mitchell is telling, supposedly, if you believe the rumors, he's telling people and his people around him are allegedly saying, hey, you know what? All I want is to be in a larger market where I can win a championship. And the shit hit the fan as soon as that came out. Pack your shit. Let's go. If you're a Jazz fan, you should be like, hot damn, finally. We have a guy who only wants to win championships. Let's do it. But you're so concerned about Rudy Gobert, who you can't win a championship with, and who has never talked about winning a championship, who has never won a championship, who even on his Olympic team was supposedly the most important player, didn't play the last five minutes of the gold medal game, and Evan Fournier took that game over. And you're so worried about building around him, and you're so pissed that Donovan Mitchell supposedly, and uh, by the way, I have it on really good sourcing that Donovan Mitchell told the Utah Jazz, I want to win a championship. And the Jazz said to him, so do we. So we're going to build a roster around you. We're going to do everything we can do financially and player development-wise to win a championship. And you're so upset about that that you're siding with a guy in Rudy Gobert who's at his ceiling and has never won a championship and has never won anything in his basketball career. And you're willing to throw away the prototypical championship player in Donovan Mitchell because he said he wants to win. Shame. So who's wrong and who's right? I got news for you. Donovan Mitchell's right. You're wrong. Donovan Mitchell's attitude is right. Your attitude is wrong. Because that's what you need. You need a mentality that if I don't win a championship, I failed. Thanks. That's it. What is what is Carl Malone known for? Being the best player who's never won a championship. Y'all feel me? You want to be Carl Malone or you want to be Donovan Mitchell? Because hmm. I'll take Donovan Mitchell. Period. So you better check yourself. Okay, I feel better. Good, <laughs> good, good. I, I mean, I, 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 hey, that was excellent. You know. Excellent. You know. Shamet has not been good at all. They don't need him to be good right now, bro. They need him to make shots in the postseason. You know, Eric and Raleigh says very good. Eric and Raleigh says the Warriors are legitimate championship contenders this year and already have the next generation to stay at the top with Kaminga and Moody. Yep. Don't even mention Wiseman. 
James Wiseman is the guy that I would yeah. point to. But I think they're going to trade. I think they'll trade Wiseman. I think Kaminga is really showing them that he's, the he, he's got the top side. Yeah. Jonathan Kaminga is – I know I've espoused out there. I got ripped on Twitter for this the other day, too. I love the guy. I love the guy. I think it's up – yeah. Slurp it up, baby. I think Jonathan Kaminga is – Stud. Fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. Uh, Yatala C says, how is CP3 36 years old? Some players in the jazz should learn from him. True. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, boom, Jaron, Jaron Hall, uh, has been working his arse off per his Instagram in the off season to be able to stay healthy. Um, Jaron Hall talk is the best talk to his credit. Jaron Hall has supposedly I was, when I, when I was talking to a BYU guy about Jackson Dart, Mm-hmm. One of the things that one of the BYU guys I talked to said is Jaron Hall is all in on football. And in the past, Jaron Hall has not been all in on football. And the injury to the shoulder is what changed his perspective. What do you bet? He got landed on in the, the ASU game. Um, down there, TDS is home in Provo. Yeah. When they played ASU, they landed on his shoulder. Um, and he wound up. That really changed his perspective. So this season, this offseason into the summer, he is all out. He's sold out on getting his body into football shape and being able to withstand the beating that a football season requires of you in college. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to – he's going to make or break in spring football. Like yeah. spring football this year is – I think spring football is where he's going to write his legacy. Yeah. I truly do. He needs to be an elite quarterback – the minute that they blow the first whistle at spring football, yeah. all the way through fall camp, all the way through next January. Yeah. Jaron Hall's got to be the guy because he has a chance. Jaron Hall, now that he supposedly has gotten very serious about his physique, he has a chance to be a really elite football player. Mm-hmm. And the thing I've always told you is your best ability is your availability. And he, for two years, has not been available. So let's hope that that changes. Yeah. All right. He's a bum. All right, let's talk about sex. No, I'm kidding. Um, we talked about race. We might as well just throw in sex. No, Sorry I'm if you're offended by that. Uh, real quick, I I, I want to vent about UPS before we talk about what business I should open. Um, man, I'm really upset with UPS. For the third time, UPS claimed to have delivered a shoe to my front door only for it not to be there or anywhere else. I'll drop that motherfucker. And this time, I'm not going to let it go because it is an Air Jordan 1 Bordeaux, which is a beautiful shoe that I've tried to win for a while now. I finally won it in a Jordan Reserve last week. They deliver it, supposedly, and it's not here. Mm -hmm. And here's the real issue, and this is why I'm so frustrated with UPS. Yeah. You have no recourse. Right. So you call UPS and you say, hey, MFers. You said you delivered it. You didn't. Oh, well, uh, did you check your neighbor's house? Did you check? Uh, did you fly to Seattle and check if uh, the package is in New York? Suckmyass.com. And they're basically like, yeah, there's nothing we're going to do about it. Uh, well, well, you, you, know, you know what, man? Uh, we'll open up an investigation that'll lead nowhere and get you no answers. And then Nike will refund your money and we won't have to pay them back because they're a bulk shipper who pays us a lump sum every month. So essentially, let me get this right. You didn't deliver the package you said you delivered. You don't have proof because you don't do the Amazon and take a picture. So you're not going to provide any proof. 
Nike's going to refund me the $220. They're going to be out the money. I'm going to be out the shoe. What's UPS going to be out? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Fixes me. So the guy on UPS last night is like, hey, um. Hey, guys, guys. Hey, uh, hey, loser. I mean, uh, dear customer that's valued by nobody here at UPS. What can Brown do for you? Um, hey, uh, you know, we, we delivered it and, uh, okay. We'll open an investigation. I said, by the way, I want you to know, I pulled the video from my ring doorbell and cause they said they delivered it at seven Oh nine. So it's seven Oh eight, seven Oh nine and seven ten. I pulled the video, nothing, not even a UPS truck driving by the house. But what happened the last time they did this? The last time they did this, the show shoot up. The shoe showed up two days later. Cold blooded, clean, methodical, and thorough. The first time they did this, Nike refunded the money. So I said, "Hey, I want to talk to somebody locally." No, nope, can't do that. Hey, uh, can I get a call back? Nope, can't do that. So finally, I did a little digging and I kept pushing and prodding at a lady that I finally got on the phone at UPS corporate. She's like, "Oh, okay, I'll send a message." Somebody might call you back, but you're probably fucked. All right, that's what Brown can do for you. Goodbye. This case is empty. So what do you know? I got a phone call. Well, but, well, well. But because Apple hates me, I was on focus. Oh, my God. You got, come on, guy. So I missed the call. I call the number back. And the lady leaves me a message. Hi, it's Susie Q. Screw off from UPS. Okay, fuck you. Uh, we're browning you. Um... And she essentially said in the message, there's nothing we can do. You're screwed. We might look at it. We probably won't. Yeah. Go screw yourself. You're so fucked. All right, Nike, I'll refund you. Thanks. And she basically said, hey, it's Susie. I'm not going to call you again, but if you have any other questions, call the 800 number. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. So I called the number she called me from. It's a local number. And the answering machine's like, You've reached a number that's not in service at UPS. Fuck off. How dumb do you think I am? So it, it, Fuck off. I, I just changed the num the last number a couple of times. And like on the seventh try, I finally got somebody who was amazing. He was like, all right, well, tell me what happened. He knew who I was right when I called. He's like, okay, Mr. Montemayor, tell me what happened. How does he know who you are? I don't know. Because I, I said, hey, you know, I missed a call about a package. And he goes, oh, yeah, Mr. Montemayor, that was our dispatcher and... He's like, but tell me what happened. I said, well, this is the third time I go through the story. He's like, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kick this up to the area director because what happens is, and I didn't know this, apparently when a UPS truck goes back to, you know, Brownville, wherever they go. Um, <laughs> Brownville? <laughs> they, they park their truck and apparently they plug in the truck or something and it downloads their GPS. So they know exactly where they were. They plug in their little fan doodle machine thing where they scan your package. They plug it in. They combine the two pieces of information so that when he says he delivered it at 709, it'll look right where his truck was sitting at 709. And he said that takes that's an overnight process. So in the morning, the area director is going to call you back and we're going to have looked at the GPS information and we'll be able to tell you the scan and where he was when he scanned the packages delivered. Mm. So the local guy was actually really helpful. I think his name was when Michael. I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Now I'm waiting for a phone call.
It's 8 o'clock. Where's my phone call? I want my phone call. By the way, there's a huge drop on Nike today. I want it. Now, I'm not that interested in it, to be honest with you, because, well, frankly... Um, what kind of trash are we got today? It's all it's all uh, dunks. Oh, today man. is the dunk release at eight o'clock. Uh, but real quick, we have we are way late, so we only have about five minutes to talk about a fifteen minute topic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't I talk about opening up a franchise, a business? Right. So I I actually did get more information out of Jack in the Box yesterday. And man, you uh, had a productive day. Not really. Um, <laughs> so I had communicated with Jack in the Box and I was set up to do a new franchisee uh, interview because they have to pre-qualify you financially, net worth, cash on hand, all this stuff. Now, was this was this an interview that was actually going to work out or was this a sham interview? No, this was... I'm white, so I actually got a legitimate interview got schedule. It. Okay, got it, uh, got it. We're on to Cincinnati. See, what, uh, so what happened we was... We did what we did. Uh, sorry if you're offended by that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, my um, bad, my bad. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. So I had this interview set up, and they canceled it as though I was Brian Flores. <laughs> and they explained that I didn't have the net worth. And I was like, well, you know, without telling you what my net worth is, me and Mrs. Monty talked about it, and I, we felt like we were more than qualified like net worth-wise. Yeah, yeah, for instance, in shit. Yeah. We were more than qualified. Yeah. They canceled it anyway. So I emailed the director of franchising for Jack in the Box. And she <laughs> she told me, well, the interview was canceled because we are now on a waiting list for franchisees in the state of Utah. Yeah, I guess I'll have to figure something out. The Salt Lake Valley is fully committed franchisee-wise. <clears throat> so Jack in, the Box fran- Jack in the Box franchises right now are on a waiting list in the state. And there is not even a waiting list in the Salt Lake Valley because they are fully, um, they are fully allocated. The franchises... And the proposed lo- – essentially, they have a map of where all the locations are going to be. Yeah. And the, the market is already fulfilled to that point. So I cannot open a jack-in-the-box franchise. In <laughs> fact, I do qualify for that. But it started us thinking, okay, well, shit, then we're going to open a Taco Bell, right? Because who doesn't love a good pinto bean? You're a casual. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, so we were thinking about different <laughs> – we were thinking about different franchises to open. Yeah. So what food category does Utah lack? Well, the first one that comes to mind to me is probably fast casual Mexican. Yeah. Because you really are either Chipotle, which really isn't Mexican. Okay, yes it is. It is in that they make tacos and burritos, but to me I look at I look at Chipotle as healthier fast food unless you want E. coli and your butt will run. Um, but anyway, the point is <laughs> So Chipotle's one, but Cafe Rio really is the only fast, casual Mexican food here. Yeah. If you think about like me Rancheritos where we get trashy tacos. Beto's. Beto's. But Beto's, see, again, Beto's it's is. It's different. Yeah, it's different. It's different. It's not fast, casual. You can drive through. Yeah. It's fast food. Yeah. It's a step above Taco Bell. Yeah. So I think Mexican's one. I think there is an oversaturation of burger joints here. Agreed. But there are some big burger nameplates that are not here. There are some big ones that I'm not going to mention. But there's there's two big ones that are not here mm-hmm. that I would look at. But if you were going to open any food category, what would it be? Yeah, it would. I mean, it would probably be, you know, American or uh, Mexican. Yeah, because I think those. What comes to my mind is 
Mexican food has a much lower operating cost, you know, based on the type of food <laughs> you're making. So that would be attractive to me. But I think, you know, a good burger place is tough to beat. People want their burgers. Eric Tavares says, open a Taco Bell here in the Philippines. Filipinos are technically the Mexicans of Asian Asia. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay, self-deprecating. That's funny. Greg, Greg, <laughs> Greg Hawkins says, Subway is pretty easy franchise to open, I hear. <coughs> it is. We actually know a guy that owns 20-plus... Subways in the the Northwest. U.S. Americans. Um, franchise a Whataburger, so good. BB says, "Oh, I like." It. But you don't even like. I, it Whataburger. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I like it or not. It doesn't make money. Yeah. Frank H says, "Who misses two weeks with a concussion?" I've watched pro and college football my whole We're life and never seen it. We're not going down that route, dog. He has a I'm real not concussion. Doing that. Uh, Yatala C says, "Italian food is highly ranked. Look at uh, Valter's prices." Mm, true. Uh, Nurtlock GA says, FYI, Monty, if you run out of options, any idiot can open a subway. Just saying. But if I'm going to open a subway, am I not just going to open a Jersey Mike's? Because yeah. Jersey Mike's is like 10 times better. Duh. Jersey idiots. Mike's is amazing. My wife, my wife actually nodded her head yesterday when I said, what about a Jersey Mike's? She's like, hmm. Yeah. Um, Greg Hawkins says, the only two Taco Bells I know in the Philippines are in Trinoma and Mega Mall. Well, I mean, I guess I'm moving to the Philippines. We're on to Cincinnati. Uh, <laughs> we need a jack-in-the-box in salt lake city there's going to be oh there are 20 allocated franchises for jack in the Box. i want my jack tacos i want it brylark says jersey mike's is awful what bro you watch your mouth yeah dude we're gonna put you in timeout if you say that again you watch your mouth sir okay we have to go we really have to go we don't have to we should yeah we have to go we can do whatever we want yeah yeah okay so we'll keep talking about this. Yeah, tomorrow we'll spend more time on because it. Because I want to talk about business ideas. If you were going to open up a business, fast food, real estate, you name it, whatever it is, tomorrow on the show, come up with some ideas. Let's brainstorm how to spend my wife's millions <laughs> and stuff. It's stuff. You know. Yeah. Until tomorrow, say uh, subscribe to this channel to get a PS5. Buy a t-shirt from us. The new, the new merch drop is about 10 days away. You're a casual shirt coming up in 10 days. You want to get ahead of that? Send us 25 bucks on Venmo with your address. Five at, times entries. At the Monty Show underscore on Venmo. That gets you five to one to win the PlayStation 5. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.